Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Thanks for pressing play. I'm looking forward to uh, this one, boys and girls, and I'm joined by a very respected researcher all the way from Spain, Mr. Oli Demigard. How are you? I'm doing good, good. Thank you for inviting me again. Yes, thank you very much for being here with me. It's been quite some time since we last spoke, and yes, it's always good to see your face, Oli. <laughs> well, that's what my mother used to say. <laughs> very nice, and there's so much to discuss I also wanted to say I should have taken your advice a bit sooner, Oli. You had told me to alter a few things, kind of like the name of the show, and that's exactly what I did. No longer no longer do I run with End of Days. It's now just the Michael Deacon program. So was that my suggestion? It was. Uh, your, it was. Okay. Did I think it was a bit depressing, the End of Days? Or? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it was a good idea. It was a good change. And, of course, the logo still sort of remains the same, the all senine. I know that's something you don't find completely ideal, and I understand that, but that was sort of for, quote-unquote, shock value. It It's totally up to you. I mean, I, I know other shows that have that as well. It's sure. just a little confusing to me. There's a Scandinavian TV channel called Age of Truth TV, and they've got the whole pyramid and the whole logo. Really? And uh, I get I just get confused because I don't know why, why do do they do that but they're very right. professional and very good at what they're doing so yeah that's a little un- a- yeah that's a little unusual that they would do that the only reason why i do it is uh all um all i mean by it for me personally using it all i'm trying to say is that i also see these people in the shadows as well i'm just acknowledging them yeah if that makes any Whatever. sense to you yeah <laughs> not really but it's your show so <laughs> No worries. But it was like I was I was uh, approached by a book publisher in in um, uh, the Netherlands who wanted to to translate some of my books and and publish them there. And the name of the book company was Obelisk Books. And I I just thought, whoa, whoa that you know I'm gonna be you know people are gonna throw stuff at me if I sure. 
if I do that. So it's like, uh, and they they say it was a very similar reason that they uh, used that they said also we need to take back these symbols and these words and so that have been um, stolen from us. So in one way I agree, and in another way it's a little early. It's a little cloudy stage, right? Yeah. No, I'm with you 100%. And of course, as a researcher and a very respected one, I'm quite sure you are cognitive, cognitive of these certain individuals out there who sort of jump into every sort of conspiracy there is without really, um, without any discernment, I should say. And that's kind of a, an issue, I would have to say, with a lot of people in the uh, quote-unquote truther community. Would you think that's safe to uh, say, Oli? Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's a trap, and I've tried to stay away from it uh, because with the areas we get into are so so big. I mean, they're massive, massive. So I just I, uh, at an early stage, I just decided uh, if I am here to be able to make any kind of real difference, I need to specialize in one area and then become like a laser beam and just uh, or like a hammer, you know, just. Knock away, but at the exact same point over and over and over again, instead of starting to try and dig hole looking for, for water, you know, you dig a little here, you dig a little there, you dig, you get nowhere. So that's why I specialized in, uh, top political assassinations and, uh, alleged false flag terror. These are the two in the dark areas because I, I was on a show, uh, not long ago where it was, uh, the King's Hero journey where Apparently, one of the uh, the task of an alchemist is to mix the two uh, opposite, and and I was like, uh, because my whole life, my my bookshelves have been either about serial killers or spiritual matters, and some people have have named what I'm doing to conspirituality, and so how to mix the two together? That's the whole thing, and and when you if you if you haven't been aware of these areas, so-called conspiracy areas, there's so much, so many, many right. people, they just go wild. And it doesn't make any sense for anyone listening to them if they're not very, very good at uh, what they're talking about, because it just sounds like you're all over the place and very confused. Absolutely. And you want to avoid swimming in a sea of inaccuracies, no doubt. And Oli, before we really jump into things, um, on your website... It says that you started to investigate the political assassinations of JFK and onward. Was it JFK for you that really started your research? Yep. I, I, I remember the exact date. It was uh, a late, late night in 1980. And I was, it was the first time, it was like 3 a.m. in the morning. And it was the first time I ever saw the so-called Sapruda film, oh, where you see okay. Kennedy being hit from the front being thrown backwards and to the left. And the thing at that time, I was working as a journalist and I was like, I got very, very confused, not only because of the assassination, but that there were these uh, heavyweight uh, journalists and researchers. I mean, this was a documentary that was buying into the official story because, I mean, within like four, four and a half seconds, boom, you can see that, whoa, it doesn't make any sense that he would be shot from the back and, you know, from the sixth uh, floor on a building behind him because his head would have been thrown forward and to the left, not backwards and to the left. So what really started me was like the whole uh, confusion around 
this whole thing with the journalist and the why after at that point it was like um, how many years was it almost uh, 20 years after the assassination and and people had not started asking these questions about like wait it doesn't match up at all so that was what started me and I became almost obsessed about it and I even wrote a book about the JFK assassination, but only for myself to to try and sort out this multi-layered. I mean, it's a masterpiece when it comes to these type of operations. Uh, I mean, to to an extent that we are still confused after all of these years. Very few. I don't know any researchers that fully agree with the others. Oh, I agree with you on that one. No one seems to have a um, definitive answer for a lot of a lot of what happened during that assassination and i even even today leo we we still have no answers i don't agree with you there i've i've dedicated some 30 years to that uh, assassination very much so and i think i can't i can't uh, you know i can't prove it 100 percent. but i think i i have identified more or less everyone that was on dealey plaza that day there were multiple shooters in multiple locations and I've identified how they came to Dallas, how, you know, the type of cars, uh, who was driving them, the safe houses, the people that were flown in and out, uh, how some of them were being paid. And uh, so on a street level, I, I believe, humbly, I believe uh, that uh, I sorted out most of this mystery, thanks to a lot of other researchers, of course, as well, because it's been an, an incredible jigsaw to put together because it's just uh, an absolute masterpiece. Understood. And but, I, mis- I misspoke. I meant to say the government really hasn't sort of put put out that no, information yet is what I no, mean, but, especially but in America. Listen, Michael, Michael. But you know that's the not going to happen. <laughs> the day that the government will show anything of value, that's the day when they will surrender themselves, you know, for the courts. Because oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because they were part of this whole thing. And That's right. Their, their job has been to cover it up. So, so you will never get anything from official sources unless they're forced to it. Yeah. You know? that, that's what and I then meant they by say, it. Mm-hmm. Then they say, but look here, we release another few thousand documents that have been heavily censored. That's right. Why not? Why? Give me one reason why anything should be a top secret around that assassination. It was in 63. Why is there anything at all? That just shows you they're covering their own butt. Yeah, there's That's something. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. And it's always, you know, oh, it will be released in 70 years or 45 years. Why so yeah, long? Yeah, that's what then, I mean. Mm-hmm. Then they will be dead themselves. That's the whole thing. Yeah, it's sad. So, it, it really is. Oh, it's disgusting. It smells, stinks. It's oh, yes. incredible. Because we're talking about murders and we're talking about people that have been killed for standing up against the, the dark evil forces. And, and also when you look at the world today, if you compare, let's say that, uh, that, uh, John Kennedy had survived. Let's say that Robert Kennedy had, uh, uh, been elected president after him. Let's say that uh, Martin Luther King would have been uh, RFK's vice president. Can you imagine the world whatever would have looked like instead of um, what has happened now? Because uh, if you start really, this is what I've been trying to focus on or, or I try to expose, is the whole power structure behind these operations. And you will see it's the exact same 
individuals, families, uh, groupings, uh, real power structure in the so-called deep state area that are behind, I mean, so much mayhem in the world, including multiple wars and and I don't know how many assassinations and 9-11. I mean, 9-11 and JFK totally connected. We're just looking at different uh, uh, regroupings and how they carried it out, but it's the exact same power structure behind it. And now this whole corona. Right. <laughs> that is also once you look behind the scenes, you're, you're looking at the exact same agenda and it's the new world order. Ironically, that there, there are some similarities and, and we'll get into that in a moment. And Oli, I hope you and your family are safe out there. The world is at a standstill currently and many uh, are already missing the old world, Oli. Yeah. When you say safe, I would say I'm totally safe for the virus because the virus in my world, and I have looked into this very deeply, I've interviewed many, many experts on a very high level, including researchers and doctors and and uh, you name it. So I looked very carefully into it. And the virus, I fear about 0.003%. I am totally fine traveling to China without a face mask, whatever, not a problem. What I do face is all of the things that are put on top of us uh, to shut us down and push us into a corner due to this alleged virus. That is scary, I believe. And so are we safe? I think not. I mean, I live in Spain. I'm not Spanish from birth. We moved here after two of my friends was murdered in Sweden because we were digging too deep into the assassination of the Swedish Prime Minister Ola Palme. So I've been living here since the year 2000 and we are now in in lockdown. I mean, this is day 58 and we're living a in an apartment building. I've got ropes hanging down the side of the building so I can oh, wow. jump. Yeah, I've, I've checked out alternative escape routes out of the, uh, the, it's a small little city. And and at the same time, it's sort of like, we can't go anywhere. Do you know that? I don't know. Now they started to uh, to let go of the pressure a little bit, but it's been like, there's been roadblocks. It's been, to pick up the, the mail, we had to drive about 20 uh, kilometers down the road. And it's, we've had these bizarre conversations, you know, it's almost like, uh, I hope I'll come back. Wow. Goodbye, my darling, farewell. <laughs> you know, these type of things. Because they, I mean, how did they do it? They managed to get us in martial law lockdown without one shot being fired. It's, yeah. You have to give it to them. I mean, it's pretty how amazing. Did that happen? Yeah, it, it's pretty wild stuff. And so much is going on out there in Spain where you are. Even some Marines from America are stuck out there in Spain due to travel restrictions. Of course, there are people on uh, cruise ships also stuck out there in sea, which is just ridiculous. And of course, the, uh, the Spanish prime minister and I think he's been criticized recently for allegedly manipulating test um, ranking figures. I have no idea about any of it, so I can't confirm or deny any of that because I don't know what's going on out there in Spain. Um, any Anything to add to that, Oli? Yeah. Have you got like six hours? It's... <laughs> uh, the the numbers are totally manipulated. It's an absolute joke, the whole thing. You have, oh my God, I don't know if you've got time enough. I'm here with you. Okay, the thing is that it has nothing to do with Spain or Italy or Greece or England or Holland. It's all 
the agenda is globally. Boom. That's it. It's being rolled out. It's totally coordinated. It goes, it's the agenda 21 and agenda 2030 that is being rolled out. It's like the new world order wet dream on steroids. Right. At the same time, there are very many extremely positive things happening also. So I don't want to come here and sound like doomsday or the end of days. That's okay. Uh, so, but it is very scary what's happening. But I would suggest if you listen to some of my other interviews, I was, uh, I stumbled across a massive operation. It was really like divinely inspired. I don't know how it happened, but I, I, uh, through research and also I was being sent different information that made me for, stumble across um, leads that took me into an area where I found out that there was a massive, massive operation being planned by NATO to hit uh, Europe in 39 coordinated attacks. It was going to go down on October the 23rd and 24th with a duration of 36 hours. And the the targets for this uh, uh, coordinated attack on Europe or the world, I would say, anyone that sees NATO as something positive, I'm very sorry to be the bringer of bad news. But once you start looking behind the agenda, oh, my God, it's a tool of death. It's the New World Order um Enforcer, you know, the U.S. military, NATO, and the United Nations together. That's uh, what the New World Order wants to join together as a one world army there to control us, not to protect us. Anyway, so uh, the plan I came across was that uh, there was going to be these 39 coordinated attacks in the form of alleged terror attacks. And they were going to hit uh, Manchester and London in uh, the U.K., this was exactly at the same date. This is last year, 2000, uh, October 2019. It was exactly at the time when this big Brexit referendum was going on, where this was a matter of England wanting to leave the European Union. And once you look into the structure and uh, the creation of the United Nation and the European Union, you will see the exact same forces again. So it's them uh, carrying this whole thing out and they do not want uh, nations or individuals to leave the system where they can control them. So the uh, nations here in Europe have been forced to stay in the European Union and here we have England trying to get out get the so-called right. Brexit. So that was planned to take place the referendum on the exact dates when this uh, attack, this coordinated attack was also being planned. So it was Manchester and uh, London in the UK. Both of them uh, hit several times with alleged terror attacks that I've exposed in big detail, uh, in great detail, and many, many interviews uh, where I show that these were inside jobs, not the official story. I, I normally try to, uh, as soon as I can, get on location where it actually happened and try and figure out, you know, by interviewing people, by tracking down victims by tracking down alleged uh, patsies or, or terrorists and so on. And I don't know, I've been to more than 50 countries. I'm a one-man band. But uh, uh, what I try to do is find out what happened, you know, because we got the official story that is being pumped at us like this. Right. And once you get on location, I'll tell you, very often doesn't match up at all. Yeah. Not at all. So that's when you come to a point where, hang on, why are we being fed information that is just not true? And if so, what is the real truth? 
And why is somebody trying to give us the wrong information? You have to look at these things because the, either we're looking at a world filled with mad Muslim terrorists or mad viruses, or we're looking at um, a power structure, a deep state structure that is trying to hurt us in, or control us in a very brutal way. So if you don't know what the problem is, you cannot find a solution. So this is why I try to, to, I try to, are you still there? I'm here. Okay. So this is why I try to really understand the problem so that I can find it, be part of finding a solution. That's the whole idea. Anyway, so it was first England, then the second nation that they were going to hit uh, at these date, the October the 23rd and 24th, was Paris, France. That's where they had the Yellow Vest movement, which is also a problem with uprising against this power structure. So that would have solved that as well had these attacks occurred. Then the third place was Barcelona and Spain, where they have exactly the same problem with Catalonia trying to leave Spain, thus trying to leave the European Union. And a mass attack would also have sorted that out in the way that the, the authorities would say, oh, very, very sorry, uh, but due to these terror attacks, we just had to shut down society, in with martial law, uh, no demonstrations, no uh, gathering in the street, exactly what we are experiencing now. But uh, because of security, it's always for our security. Absolute BS. Then we had uh, in Sweden, they planned on two power plant uh, disasters, drills. There was Elvkalaby uh, uh, up in the north of Sweden, a water power plant, and then Forsmark nuclear power plant, meaning that a nuclear disaster at the same time as 39 coordinated attacks in Europe would have been mayhem. And then the final place was Rotterdam in the Netherlands. And that I didn't understand at all until I spoke to a naval officer who told me that Rotterdam is actually the port in Europe that stands for most of the food import into Europe. You know, so if you hit the harbor, That's right. you will create famine within weeks. I mean, I don't even think it would take, uh, well, very, very shortly, you could be facing absolute famine in Europe because of that. So these things were being planned for October the 23rd and 24th. What I did was when I started seeing and understanding what I, I've, uh, I stumbled across, I thought, oh my God, I need to do something. So what I did, since I have an amazing uh, network of, of uh, radio station hosts around the world, uh, I've done between 500 and 1,000 interviews. That's so, right. So what I did was I contacted as many as I could. And then from 4 p.m., this was on the 21st of October, until uh, 4 a.m., uh, we went out and I did uh, short interviews just saying, please, please be aware, this is what I believe that is being planned. And we now have a 48-hour span to do something about it. So spread this information, spread it, spread it, spread it, spread it. And so <clears throat> there was wonderful host just like yourself around the world who acted very fast. <clears throat> and so... And also uh, many people were sharing it on Facebook, social media, and so on. So within uh, the next 24 hours, we were up to several hundred thousand views of this warning. So October the 23rd came. I'm going to come back into why this is important of what we're going through right now. So please bear with me. So on um, October 23rd came. 
And so I was expecting either these 39 so-called drills that were being planned, major drills, or coordinated attacks or nothing. And on October 23rd, absolutely nothing happened. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And so I thought, I don't know for sure if I was, I was just suspecting something or if it was true or I didn't know. And so a few hours later in the afternoon of October the 23rd, I was contacted by a freelance journalist in Brussels who said that he had, uh, he has very good intel from military sources and so on. And he said for months they've been feeling that something major was being building up, but they didn't know what it was. And then they saw my warning. And he said, are you aware of what's going on in Brussels right now? Brussels is the capital of, of Belgium. And also it's the, the seat of NATO where NATO has its headquarters with Mossad, uh, an office in the very same building, as far as I've been informed and the CIA. So all of them in bed together there very nicely. So, uh, he said, are you aware of what's going on right now? I said, I have absolutely no idea. He said, right now, all the, uh, the Minister of Defense in all of the NATO countries have been called to an emergency meeting right now, all because of that warning. I said, I, I have no idea. And he said, there are absolute panic going on here and we are like trying to figure out or, or get some information, but nobody's giving any comments or anything like that. But there is, it's very chaotic here in Belgium or in Brussels. So I thought, fantastic, really. Maybe we've managed to do, you know, like ram a, a steel rod into the gearbox of this death machine. And maybe we ma actually managed to make a real difference here. So uh, on October the 24th, there was an, an article that was being published on a very well respected website called VoltaireNet.org where there was a, one of the head the main articles was NATO near implosion, that NATO was falling apart from the inside. And I just thought, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's absolutely, it's happening. It's actually happening. And at the very same day, all Israeli embassies globally shut down due to what was called a general strike for better wages. But really, do, do, you, do you really think that that the staff of Israeli embassies, Israeli really, that they would manage to, to organize a general global strike to shut all of the embassies down? I do not think so. So something else was going on. And then at the very same time, uh, Vice President Mike Pence and the Secretary of Defense was called back urgently from the Middle East. And then the very next day or that day, Donald Trump goes out and says that, uh, Oh, we managed to kill the, the leader of uh, ISIS al-Baghdadi, as this would be like a massive big thing. There's only a slight problem here is that it's the fourth time that he has officially been killed by the U.S. authorities. So it's like, really make up your mind or what is that? Right. I would suggest possibly a diversion, you know, like look over here, look over here. Don't look at what's going on. Yeah, misdirection, that, no doubt. That, that is my interpretation. I mean, what I can only say that something major was going on in the, in the heart of this beast. There was something major going on. So why am I telling you this whole thing? I am saying this because this, I found out on October the 23rd, that it was being planned for October the 23rd and 24th. And October the 24th is also the United Nation Day. So had any of these attacks been 
aimed at the headquarters of NATO, which I can guarantee you, uh, then this would have been uh, the reason to retaliate in a military way, you know, just like it was not a coincidence that it was Pentagon that was hit, not just skyscrapers, but Pentagon as well. Absolutely. That may justified a military intervention. So here we had the exact same scenario. But on October 18, which was like five days before this mayhem was being planned, there was a virus simulation in New York. That's only five days before in a big high-end uh, hotel in New York. It was called Event 201. 201, act- right. Yeah, but it's actually not Event 201. If you look at the logo, it's Event 21. Look at the colors. The, the, everything is in gray except for uh, the O in the middle, which is a, a an orange planet or a globe. So it's, I would say it's hidden in, in plain sight. This is a Event 21 connected with Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030. That's the whole thing. And here we had a simulation of exactly... I tell you exactly what we're experiencing now, where there were a virus simulation with 15 players, they call them players, where they went through a pandemic with the exact same virus. It's named the coronavirus. There's all kinds of beautiful animations and show reels and stuff you can find on the internet from this simulation, where uh, the whole thing was uh, that this coronavirus, the symptoms identical to what we're being told now, and also that it would end with the death of 65 million people around the world. The only thing that that differs from that simulation and what we are now experiencing is that the epicenter was in South America, not in China. But... When you look at the 15 players that were there, that was everybody, anything from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to the CDC in Atlanta, Georgia, to different um, agencies, uh, and also, well, we can go into that afterwards. But the only person that was there, although I would say there's no, there were no persons from South America, even though the whole simulation was about the epicenter in South America, but there was a specialist, a biospecialist from China, uh, the exact place where we were then being told that this whole thing happened. So that would, this was five days before, and the, the, the people that founded this whole thing, or the institute that founded this whole thing, was the World Economic Forum, which sounds very nice. But when you look at what the World Economic Forum is, it's actually like the 1%, the 1% that controls us financially. We have, uh, like, they own more or less everything and then we have the rest of us have to crawl around on the floor trying to find breadcrumbs or whatever they are the the ones that meet in the world economic forum they meet in davos in switzerland once a year just like the bilderberg group they have one meeting per year Uh, but here it's in davos every time it's a small little place in in um, switzerland i think uh, eleven thousand people living there but last year when they had their conference there there were 1500 private jets that was landing there so you you can see the level of wealth is incredible among the members in this uh, forum and uh, it's not censored as far as i know but to get entrance you have to buy a ticket and the cheapest ones are i believe a hundred thousand dollars so i think i'll 
I'll, I'll wait until next year. Yeah, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> this is the thing. It's not censored, but they, there's just no way that we can enter it. Sure. So, and when you look at their beautiful presentations, I mean, they've got the money to do beautiful stuff. It looks so exclusive and fantastic and so on. But what they're talking about is the, for, the fourth industrial revolution, which is another fancy name for the New World Order agenda, meaning destroy everything, destroy everything, everything. And out of the ruins, they will build a new world based on AI, 5G, 6G, smart cities, and uh, a depopulation agenda that is also very not nice to say the least. Yeah, it all seems that way indeed. And also Crimson Contagion, which is another simulation that went down by U.S. Department of Health and Human Services from January to about August uh, 2019 where they uh, tested the capacity of the U.S. government in 12 U.S. states to respond to a severe influenza pandemic originating from, oh, I wonder where, China. So, I mean, it is interesting how there are lots of um, drills, and ironically, it's no different than what happened on the morning of 9-11, Super Tuesday, as I refer to it as, Oli. Yeah, there were, there was at least 20 drills going on on 9-11. And the drills are so important to become aware of because the drills are always there. They use those to rehearse. They use to get everything in, in position, vehicles in position, smoke, grenades, uh, bombs, whatever is needed, crisis actors, directors, uh, you know, toilets, uh, facilities, uh, catering, everything uh, during the drill. And then they go through it, they rehearse everything, they even use uh, this, that opportunity to do a lot of the filming that will then be uh, mixed with live footage from uh, the alleged terror attack or the alleged this and that. So this is, uh, I can tell you one thing, just as a little ha-ha-ha, uh, there will never be any mass shootings on a rainy day or... There will never be any terror attacks on a rainy day either or a snowy day either because they need footage from several days to be able to be used as live footage when they go live. So they, they always uh, choose clear days, you know, and all, not a lot of clouds either because it's with the clouds you can very easily identify if it was on the same day or from a different day. Really? I never, I never bothered to uh, think of it that way. You're, you're right though. This is what it takes a geek for a geek like myself, you know, over <laughs> yes. all of these years, I collect stuff and I just start seeing very clear patterns. Also, there was never two mass shootings at the same day or two terror attacks at the same time. Never, never. But um, anyway, so then then there was the Johns Hopkins Hospital. Yes, that was uh that is a very interesting hospital, to say the least. And they have a map that was being used in the simulation. It's brown, and you will have seen it on in mainstream media over and over again. That's where all of these numbers are being uh, delivered to us, like 48,000 in Italy and 240,000, blah, 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 like that. Everything is marked in red, and uh, I would say it's very interesting or peculiar that why would mainstream media use the map from 
a hospital, an American hospital, why don't they use like the World Health Organization maps or something like that? Or, you know, the United Nations? No, it's from that hospital. And I've actually interviewed the guy who invented that map. His name is John Collin. He used to work for Oracle in Silicon Valley. And he, he, when he saw this map, uh, you know, that he created in the late eighties and nineties where, uh, where it was the first time where they started combining uh, statistics, which are normally just boring numbers in a long, long line, with uh, visuals in the form of mappings, you know, where, because suddenly you can get a clear uh, idea about different things, anything from that can be used for marketing or military um, operations or whatever. If you get a visual, it's so much more efficient. So uh, he was the one that created this map. And that is now what is being used here. He worked for Oracle. He was one of the first ones that was employed by them. And what he said was the fir- very first client they had was the CIA. And uh, I think that's quite interesting. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Because okay. they're all the time in the background. I had no idea about this, uh, Oli. Fascinating. So I- so I spoke to John about this map and he said the numbers are bizarre. They're absolutely not correct. And he, what he did was he downloaded the, the data files from the CDC in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm going to come back to CDC, but he right. downloaded the, the numbers there and compared with the map. They doesn't, they don't match up at all. Not at all. And uh, also it was like you could see that. There were more cases in central New York than Bangladesh, Nigeria, uh, Indonesia, Vietnam, Cambodia, and Borneo, I think, combined, or Senegal. It was Senegal. And these are normally, you know, countries that are very vulnerable to alleged virus attacks, you know, because of the hygiene of bacteria, you know, or poor quality of water, low immune systems, people being very living very tight together and so on, and under poor circumstances. But here we see absolutely there were like four victims in the whole of Vietnam. And yet that country as well was shut down. So the numbers doesn't match up at all. Then you look at uh, the I'm, I'm getting carried off a, a little bit. He, he also said with this map that it's absolutely wrong the way it's being presented because normally you have at least uh, green, yellow, and red in maps, you know, showing green areas, okay, yellow in a risk zone, and red, bad, bad, bad. Here we had only red. It was only red, all of it. And then when you compared on location to what the numbers I mean we're being told that war zones war zones hospitals are overcrowded the dead bodies being stacked on top of each other you know we need another hockey rink to to put them there so they won't start smelling you know all of these things we're being told that I I follow this globally so it's not only the US I follow it it's the same story being carried out and then you go on location I have people that have gone and filmed their local hospitals in Canada, Hawaii, Japan, Finland, uh, Germany, the UK, Slovakia, uh, let me see here, eight different places in the US, and so on. Germany as well, I don't know if I mentioned that, Italy, uh, also some places in Spain. And what all of them say is that these hospitals are empty. They're empty. So it doesn't match up. 
So it was, we go back to the simulation. It was the World Economic Forum, then the Johns Hopkins Hospital, which when you look at Johns Hopkins and Bloomberg that they're connected to, they got very, very, well, strange connections to say the least into the elite network. And then we had Bill and Melinda Gates. Yes. And Bill and, Bill and Melinda Gates. I mean, my God. Let's they talk look, about that. Yes. They, they look so beautiful. It's like, oh, fantastic. They're giving all of these millions in, in charity, this and charity, that. And I'm very sorry if you like Bill Gates and so on. But uh, once you start looking into the actions and not just the fancy words, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's, it's so, so sinister and so scary because what is being hidden under the surface or the cover of this beautiful foundation is uh, a depopulation agenda and uh, it seems that a, way i tell you that is uh, i tracked this uh, individual down for years and years and if you ever want to see what a psychopath looked like there's your man yeah and, you know uh, there's something awfully strange about bill gates to be honest with you Oli. um I, i've been watching plenty of his interview interviews and he always has this weird look anytime they mention the economy to him. You know, he has this smirk on his face uh, yeah. every interview now. Yeah. It's a little unusual to see. No, it's called duping delight. It's, uh, it's a psychological uh, phenomena when you're lying to people or manipulating them, especially people with uh, psychopath tendencies. They cannot not smile. You know, this is one of the things I'm always looking for when it comes to crisis actors. And so often I, I turn down the volume and I just watch their face. Mm. And so often you will see that, oh, ISIS chopped the head of my father. It was horrible. It was horrible. And then they're standing with a big smile. You know, so this is a dead giveaway that, whoa, I need to check this individual out more because there's something not right here. And uh, Bill is just, uh, you know, he's like a showcase uh, Fantastic, because he's doing it all the time. Every time he talks about, oh, millions of people are going bankrupt, you got this very nice smile. Oh, so so many people have died now. You got this nice smile. It's it's not like a normal, uh, no, no, balanced individual. Not at all. Like that. Not at all. Yeah, you, not at you all. You can see a very sinister and very like uh, – and also, it's uh, it's not what I'm saying. It's, listen to what he says. What he says, he right. says, we have a problem, and the problem is there's too many of us or of you uh, on this globe or flat or whatever it is. There's too many here. That's the problem. So the solution to this thing, one of the parts of the solution is the vaccine. Yes. And so here we have, if there's too many of us and the vaccine that is supposed to save lives – how that would make that even more of us would survive. So what is he saying? Part of the solution is chop, chop, chop through vaccines. Yep, through vaccines. So, and we've got a virus that seems to be lethal for a selective few. But as time ticks away, the virus uh, will mutate and has already many times. So the question but, is, so will you take the vaccine, uh, Oli? I, obviously, I, I know the answer to that, but... Can you, can we trust, can anyone really trust Bill Gates? 
God, no. God, no. I mean, when you look at Bill Gates, this is a guy who should be put up against the wall and asked to some very, very serious questions, including the people who had, were took, taking part of that simulation, because the simulation is identical to what is going on now. Identical. It, the only change is it started on January the 1st. Because, Michael, what I didn't uh, mention to you before is that I believe that the plan, the master plan, was that all of this mayhem would have happened at the same time. It was not supposed to, this whole thing with the virus was not supposed to start on January the 1st. It was supposed to start on October the 23rd and 24th. You had the simulation in New York, October the 18th in, in New York. You also had the military game, world military games in Wuhan, in the exact city where it all started. So there was 10,000 uh, military staff sent there, or soldiers, to Wuhan from more than 100 different nations, United Nations nations. So you had this military uh, staff there. So can, just imagine here, because when you start looking into how these individuals, the way they plan which is something I've looked into for 40 years and, and uh, how they think and so on. This, I would say, is what was being planned. They wanted to hit the world at the very same day or these two days with 39 coordinated attacks, including knocking out the port of Rotterdam, creating famine in, in Europe. At the same time, a nuclear power disaster in Sweden, radioactivity uh, leaking out. Or that, or we would be told because everybody would be in quarantine like we are now, but for a better reason anyway. And at the same time, the, the, this virus would be, would be said to have uh, uh, let out in the open in Wuhan. So what would happen in that uh, disaster? I mean, can you imagine what the world would look like? Do you know how many 39 coordinated attacks. Do you know how many terror attacks that is? I will tell you. It's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, and 39. That is a lot of terror going down on within 48 hours. Oh, and yes. then Nuclear power plant leakage, uh, you know, starvation, martial law, the whole thing, you know, that at the same time they would shut down the internet and say, listen, these terrorists, they have, they have used Facebook and Snapchat and Twitter and whatever to communicate. So for your security, we just need to shut it down and you will now be served a very censored and commercial version of of the internet where you can pay and we will then deliver what we think is suitable for you. So also they would use this to to uh, stop all possibilities to meet out in crowds, exactly what we're seeing now, or demonstrations and so on. So this would also be the perfect uh, opportunity to combine the military forces of the U.S. military, NATO, and the United Nations troops, which they've been wanting to for years. And also... They've been, uh, the whole, um, uh, digital currency. They want one world digital currency. That's one they wanted for 30 years at least where they needed a reason how to get rid of the cash. Because as long as you got cash, cash is king. I tell you, cash is freedom because once it's digital, it's the whoever controls 
the digital system controls you. Right. And Michael, if you are a naughty boy and you do not do as we do, we want you to do, we can just turn you off. That yeah. is the terrifying impact of a digital currency. So here they also came with, as soon as the virus came out, the Chinese said, oh my God, we need to disinfect all the bills. You know, all the money has to be disinfected. Step number two, let's go digital. Decashing, and, right. Yeah, and that's also why Sweden is being used as this example. Look at Sweden. Everybody else has shut down, not Sweden, and yet so few cases. It's fantastic. So what is the difference between Sweden and other countries? Well, Sweden is the only more or less cashless uh, country in the world. So everybody should do the same. Do you see how they use, they, they plan these things? Yes, anyway, they do. Anyway, so that mayhem, and then a virus is let loose in China, but with mayhem like this, all the soldiers would be called back urgently to their home countries. That would be a natural reaction, meaning that you could blame the soldiers for bringing the virus to their home countries where it could be let out in more than 100 different nations at the exact same time. Do you see the plan here? Oh, yes. And I believe that at that uh, uh emergency meeting they had in Brussels in NATO, what they said was, we're, we are in a tight situation or a difficult situation now. Too many people are aware of what we've been planning for years. I've found parts of these plans going at least a year back. You know, it takes a lot, just like you were saying with the drills in the beginning of 2019. All of these things, part of this build up, how to, to coordinate a thing like this. So, um, I think that at that meeting, what they decided was we need to uh, lie low here for a few months until this blows over. And uh, once uh, we can, you know, get Christmas and New Year so people are, are more focused on on fireworks and uh, what are they going to get for Christmas, you know, that after that, just leave them there, let them eat themselves, be fat and, and tired and lazy. And then New Year's Eve, boom, we go live. You hit them. Right. So, but, but what I believe and what I think that we're seeing and why it doesn't, where there's so many weird things going on here that doesn't make, make any sense is that we only see half of the plan being rolled out. We only see the virus part of this plan that I believe was, uh, there was, there was a global attack planned here massively. And instead, half of it at least was shot down and we only see the, the virus thing. And this is where there's so many things that just doesn't match up. Yeah, the virus. half of it, the, the half virus, of it is missing. The virus was the Trojan horse, per se. Yeah. And I tell you, Michael, the more I look into viruses, it's very, very, very strange to say the least. Because when you look at... I sh I'm really not the person that should uh, talk about these things because no, I'm not an expert. That's okay. But, but there is a when you look at Big Pharma, how the whole thing is built up and how Rockefellers have uh, been boosting this uh, this giant uh, for so many, many years, one of the things that they base so much on are bacteria and uh, so-called viruses. Now more and more researchers and doctors on a very, very high level step forward and they say, listen, guys, viruses actually do not exist. 
And I, I interviewed Dr. Andy Kaufman yesterday. I had him on my show, Light on Conspiracies. Uh, Dr. Andy Kaufman was interviewed on London Rail uh, recently, the same uh, platform where David Icke has done three uh, very historical interviews, I think. And he is one of the people also saying that viruses do not exist. And uh, I don't want to get into this area because I do not know for sure. But I can tell you this, that the, so much around this virus scare is absolutely not true. And so the real virus is the virus of fear because they actually don't need the virus per se you know, because they have accomplished this whole thing without any viruses. Because this, the, you have to give it to them. I mean, really, they've, they've done a good, great job here. Because what are the symptoms of this alleged virus? The exact same symptoms as a normal flu. So in a, in a mild version, you got a mild flu symptoms. And in a worse situation, it's like pneumonia. Okay. So what time of year did this go like? The exact same time when flu, it's the flu season. It's even called the flu season. And then you have the areas where the pandemic is said to have taken off. You know, we have China, we have northern Italy and so on. These areas where this happened are areas that are known to have very, very bad weather. You know, the air quality is very low because of uh, of pollution and so on. So you would have a lot of respiratory problems there. Like in the north of Italy, that was the first country that shut down. It's the, the death rate of uh, different breathing-associated uh, diseases is way, way high compared to the rest of, of Italy and other countries. And in Wuhan, China, bad, bad, bad air, but also it's the center for... Um, for the re- uh, for rebels in China, people standing up against the the state saying we're not having it. This ep- the center of that whole thing is in Wuhan, and Wuhan is also the city where they rolled out. It's the first, I think, the world's first city where they totally rolled out 5G, where we have uh, more than 10,000 base stations. It was rolled out in uh, February 2019, I think. At least it started there. But and at this point, they have at least 10,000 base stations. And what are the symptoms when people are affected by 5G as well? You have the same problem. People are having problems breathing. Uh, they're having, they feel like they're having a fever. They have <clears throat> their runny noses and very similar symptoms to this alleged virus. So we look at the virus. And so there is a patent on this virus, at least as far as I've been able to find out. There are many different coronaviruses, but this strain of viruses, uh, the patent is owned by an institute in England, in Woking, England. It's about 30-odd miles uh, uh, west of London. And it's an institute called the Purbright Institute. And there are three doctors there that owns the patent of this. Well, Guess who it's named after? It's named after Lord Purbright, who is one of the Rothschilds and who was very much into eugenics and who just happened to be there, uh, I think it's less than a year ago, uh, donating, I believe it was $9 million to the Purbright Institute, Bill and Melinda Gates. Uh At the exact very same time as this whole thing was happening, there was also the pandemic... um, 
Netflix series uh, and documentary rolled out on Netflix. Oh, that's right. Fun- Funded mm-hmm. by Bill Gates and also featuring him as the hero. The pandemic uh, documentary series, correct? Yeah, that's uh, mm-hmm. as far as I remember, that's the name of it. But this whole corona thing, you can go back, contagious, uh, contagion or contagious in 2011, I think it was. Oh, we contagion. About the right. Contagion. You have. Um, yeah, the movie uh, Outbreak, too. Yeah. Yeah. They mentioned had, Dietrich uh, in the beginning of, of, the, of the movie, by the way. It's kind of ironic. There's a Chinese uh, soap opera as well from, I think, was November 2018, I believe it was, where they're talking about the coronavirus, the coronavirus, and the symptoms they're describing in exactly like years before it officially existed. And the thing with a patent is, a patent is not just that, well, I found this thing lying over in the corner there. Let's see if we can identify it. And if we can, I want my name put on it. That's not how it works. Right. A patent is if you have uniquely created something um, or created something totally unique, you can apply and pay for and get a patent. You know, it's not easy to get patents. Sure. So every patent of a virus is created in laboratories. These are not natural things. Absolutely not. And so uh, the patent here. Uh, we have patents uh, of the Ebola virus, the swine flu, the Zika virus, and all of them, as far as I've been able to to inform myself, is they come from the CDC in Atlanta, Georgia. So the CDC is the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta, Georgia. That is the place where the world is being fed the numbers of dead and so on in many different countries. So everybody's looking there and at the World Health Organization saying, what's happening? What's happening? Give us the numbers. Give us statistics. Tell us what to do. Well, you look at the World Health Organization, that's created by the same forces that created the United, uh, the European Union, that created NATO and so on, the same power structure. And here, the biggest funder, as far as I know, is the USA and number two, Bill and Melinda Gates. So it's not just a, a free organization that, uh, you know, is totally independent. Absolutely not. It's totally controlled by the same forces that are also saying that we have a virus. So we look at the CDC, Center for Disease uh, Control. I call them Center for Disease Creation. Right. When you look at after the Second World War, uh, there was uh, about 16,000 very skilled uh, German officers and people that have been working in different areas of the Nazi war machine, intelligence, rocket science, uh, uh, all kinds of bioweapons, also many, many different. And the Germans were very good at what they were doing. So the Allies thought, oh, it's a bit of a pity if we just shoot them, that would be a bit of a waste. So why don't we export them into the or import them into the West? So they did that with the help of the so-called rat lines. Uh, arranged by the Vatican of all places, go figure. And it was, it went under the name of Operation Paperclip, where these uh, oh, yes. Germans were, were smuggled into the West. Imported, so, yeah. Imported into the West, and uh, many came to the US, and some went down to South America, where they established themselves well under new identities and so on. Yeah, it's kind so, of funny that they would go to Argentina. Well, dear old Alfred did, and no, Adolf. Adolf, right? Buddies, amazing. Do you know that his real name was Schickelkober? 
I, I didn't. <laughs> really? No, Hitler was his mother's name. Oh, wow. But they, I, don't, I don't think they could say Heil Schickelgruber. It didn't really That's work so funny. Well. Anyway, so um, after the war, Second World War, we're talking 46, 47, 48, 49. Yeah. You had the creation of the OSS went into the CIA with the help of German intelligence as well. And one of them was uh, Reinhard Gehlen, who was later part of building up the whole Gladio network, mm. which is which is the ones carrying out so much of this alleged terror. I tell you, Gladio is something I bump into all the time. Absolutely. So, so we had that. And then and Alan uh, Dulles as well, together with his brother and Prescott Bush and so on, who had been part of financing the whole Nazi war machine through the bankers there and the lawyer firms. Uh, they were then, uh, like Alan Dulles was the head of the CIA at that point and took over. He was later, I mean, part of so much horrendous stuff, uh, yes. like the Bush family and so on. Project, horrendous, horrendous. Yeah, Project Gladio, for those that don't know, uh, the CIA played a very vital role during the Cold War era. For those that don't know, but yes, um, good, good point. I, I completely forgot about that. And you're right. A lot of these, a lot of these operations are still going forward. Operation Mockingbird being yes. uh, another one that's still quite prevalent in America, uh, in American society, I should say. It's, it's globally, it's or globally, rather. And, and the States big time. And, uh, the thing is that when, when these, uh, like the CIA, when they get discovered, uh, they're, they're like snapped over the finger saying, you naughty boy, what have you done? Yes. And then the CIA will say, well, we promise we will never do it again. Absolute. Yes, you know, they, they just wait until the whole thing is blown over and out they go again, you know. So the Gladio network is massively important in this whole thing. Absolutely. I, I even, I even have, uh, I even suspect very, very highly that my family was involved in Gladio and the oh. building up of Gladio in Denmark after wow. the Second World War. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to get into that uh, as we are sort of winding down already. Oli, but I did have a clip to play for you by one Bill Gates. He made some interesting predictions. I'm, I'm sure you've heard this audio, but I'll play it for you right now. Bugs, big bombs. Please welcome Mr. Bill Gates. I believe this is from a TED Talk. We also face a new threat that the next epidemic uh, has a good chance of originating on a computer screen of a terrorist intent on using genetic engineering to create a synthetic version of the smallpox virus or a contagious contagious and highly deadly strain of flu. Oh, he already gave himself up right there. Mm. So the point is I mean, that we... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's like, listen to the words, listen and see the actions of these individuals. That's And they, they, give, they, they give it away. They sure do. Let's continue. Ignore the strong link between health security and international security at our peril. Whether it occurs by the quirk of nature or at the hand of a terrorist, epidemiologists show through their models that a respiratory spread pathogen would kill more than 30 million people in less than a year. And there is a reasonable probability of that taking place in the years ahead. Now, this is also where we see... Interesting. So he made that stunning prediction back in, I think it might have been 2015. And uh, here we are in 2020. And all of that just happened. Do you know in 2015, I think it's fun that you mentioned that word, you can see that uh, that that year Bill Gates was being interviewed 
before the summer holidays and he was being asked if he could recommend any books that he really liked hmm. and he said yeah no problem so he he, um, he gives uh, I think it's four or five different titles <clears throat> one of them I kid you not how to lie with statistics that's the title of the book he highly recommends it how to lie with statistics I mean who in his right mind would even be interested in I mean I can see that for instance, I would be interested in seeing how it can be used by by people that really wants to, you know, to manipulate it. But he, when he, he's uh, when you hear him speak about this book, he recommends it highly. It's amazing how you can do this and this and this. And this is exactly then what he's doing. He's being part of lying with the help of statistics because we believe them. Yeah, this is insane. So COVID-19, there seems to be a very heavily layered operation that is being implemented in America and the entire world. People can believe what they, what they want, no doubt. And they don't have to listen or believe a word we're saying, but I encourage everyone out there to do their own research. But I think only you have, um, you've done a good job putting these things together. Uh, personally, I believe so. I, I think you're kind of right on the ball on a lot of the things that you talk about. And it really does seem that COVID-19 seems to be a part of Agenda 21. I'm, I'm sure you would have to agree to some extent. Yeah, 100 percent, 100. The thing is, they have been wanting to use this virus for such a long time. They tried, you know, the swine flu, the, the Mars, the SARS, the Ebola, the Seeker. The, they've, they've tried this over and over again, but they haven't succeeded because the thing with the virus is that it's perfect. It's a perfect psyop, uh, black op uh, weapon, a weapon of mass destruction or mass um confusion because that is what they want they want to spread fear it's like a fear bomb because a virus has no political agenda right. it, it doesn't it can travel over uh, uh, frontiers you know different uh, borders it doesn't respect uh, national borders it has no problem with languages and so so it can go anywhere or at least we can be told that it's spreading anywhere so for our protection it's always they have to turn it around so that we will not react for our protection we have to uh, quarantine ourselves and normally the the normal way would be you are sick you have to stay indoors please stay away from the rest of us and the rest of us healthy ones will be outdoors doing what we're supposed to do but here they shut everyone in together with each other in, together with the sick as well are being shut down you're not allowed to come to the hospital they even say you please don't come here if you're sick that is what is being recommended. Right. You know, so what they're doing is they're totally turning the whole thing around. And so you have to ask yourself, why do they want us closed in? Why do, I, do they want us locked down? And I would strongly suggest that there is a massive rollout of 5G while we are being sit, sat indoors. Uh, it's, I see them pop up everywhere. They're even disguised as palm trees or, or you know, like... Uh, down in Arizona, these big cactuses and uh, awful because 5G is nothing, not close to 2G, 3G, 4G. That is a whole different ballgame. 5G is almost military, uh, military advanced technology with millimeter waves that is very destructive for everything alive. Very, very destructive. 
And so, but at the same time, these forces from the dark empire that is now falling apart right, left, and center, the only chance they have, and I would say this is the end game, is to try and, and get to a situation where they can control us. And the only way they can control us is in smart cities with smart grids where everything is digital, everything is communicating with each other, and we are being controlled, totally controlled. And so they need very, very fast technology to be able to have an exchange of information that fast. And 5G is just the beginning of it. But that is absolutely essential for them. So if they don't manage to roll 5G out, then no humanity has a major chance of getting out of this. Once 5G is rolled out, that is a bad, 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 bad situation. I, I, oof, I don't even want to go there. My goodness. And, uh, oh, yes. Yeah, that is bad news, bad news, bad news. So uh, the question is what to do. And, and what do uh, we do? One, one, one of the things is that I'm, I'm finding out more and more in different countries that there's actually no permissions given to build these masts, these uh, 5G masts and so on. As far as I know, uh, like in Sweden, for instance, uh, the authorities have apparently just given up or that's what they're saying. So they say that, it, oh, it's the providers, uh, it's for the provider to connect with private uh, a bit, uh, owners of properties, you know, are we, are you okay if we put this frying thing up on top of your roof? You will have, here you have $8,000 or 80,000, whatever they paid people off. But there's no, as far as I know, building permissions given or official permits given f to erect these things. They just pop up. And, and once you start seeing what they're doing, and I mean, I've been in, interviewing, uh, professors and people also in, in weapon technology, in military, in hospitals and, and people, experts in radiation and EMF. It's, everybody's freaking out because it's, it's so dangerous, this technology, and it's not tested at all, at all. So since it seems like they're being erected without permissions, then I would say maybe they should be unerected. With no permission, because we're sort yes. of, we had a point where we had to defend. It's almost self-defense here because you switch that one on. I mean, it's, it's horrendous. It is not good. Not, not good. And this is also where you see in these areas where, where they roll them out. You can go to speedtest.net is one, uh, one website where you can check the speed of your internet connection. If you scroll down a little bit, there's like a 5G map globally where you can see the rollout of this whole thing uh, with a number of base stations uh, rolled out and so on. And you will see that the exact same areas where we're being told that there's a lot of corona um, victims is the exact same areas where 5G is being rolled out. That's yeah, pretty, pretty ridiculous. And of course, we are seeing lots of British 5G towers are being set on fire. We saw a lot of that just a month ago, but all of that is still continuing. Even as far as a, a couple of days ago, these things are still going down. People are, uh, I guess, uh, burning these uh, 5G towers down, Oli. I want to encourage people. I don't want, that's so not true. I do want to encourage people, but officially not. So don't say anything. Yeah, we'll keep quiet. Uh, <laughs> I tell you, tear the mothers down. I mean, they are... It is so, so bad for everything alive. You know, it's millimeter with, with 4G and 5, 3G, 2G and so on. The waves are like, uh, 
I don't know, like three, four feet at least, uh, you know, between the ups and downs in the waves. Right. In millimeter, it just goes straight through. There's not a cell in your body that will not be affected by it. And, and it's like being fried in a microwave, you know, so, and this is where you get a lot of these strange, uh, um, phenomena when people were in the, that lives in the area where 5G is being, uh, activated, they have this, uh, you know, it's almost like a, a high altitude disease where a, they have a major problem breathing. It's because the, the, uh, uh, what do you call it? The um, O2, what is that called? It's oxygen. Fun- yeah. It's funny oxygen. you say that though. People are right now experiencing like high altitude sickness. So that is 5G for you're you. right about that. That is 5G for you. And, and so if you, if you have these symptoms, Get yourself in a car, drive out of the city or wherever you are, and see if the symptoms are still there. Do you still have the same thing? If not, then start using yourself in an experiment. Move towards uh, wherever you were before and start seeing when does it start again, and then look around uh, what is going on. It's not easy nowadays because also the the uh, what do you call them the amplifiers of the signal for 5G signals. They're not called amplifiers, but they need to. To, they're called repeaters, I think, uh, because 5G can only uh, reach very short distances. So they need to be repeated. There need to be these. And nowadays, unfortunately, the repeaters are very small and can be hidden in, in light poles and uh, in, in trees and stuff like that. But the big, really ugly ones uh, that are out there, they're very, very sinister. And you will see also that if you look at the insects around these areas, there would be lots of dead bees and, and things lying around on the pavement. Uh, you will see all of these, uh, they say, oh, it's a phenomena with all of these hundreds of dead birds and stuff. It's not a phenomena. Somebody switched on a frying pan. You know, so it's, uh, I, I really think that we need to do something. We really need to do something. And it's not enough just to like something on Facebook. Exactly. Or whatever. It's you are in a situation now, humanity in a situation where it's full spectrum attack. It, it really is. Maybe it doesn't look like it, but it is. But it is, right. Now, Oli, we are coming to a close here in a few moments, and I've really enjoyed this session with you, Oli. I had a great time, and I hope you did too, Oli. I did. I did. I always like being on your show. And anytime, if you want me back, we can go through the JFK or Martin Luther King. I've got explosive yeah. information. We will have to if do that. Just let me know. Uh, I'm... I'm like a, a rain man in this area, so use whatever is in my head and get it out there to do good. Perfect. And, of course, your website is lightonconspiracies.com, Oli. And, again, I really appreciated this conversation with you. We will definitely do this in the near future. And uh, before you go, please feel free uh, to plug anything you'd like, Oli. And, of course, leave us with a few final words, if, if you want. The floor is yours. I would very much like to say that uh, if you feel that what I'm bringing to the table is of value as an exchange of energy, please consider donations on my website. I'm a one-man band with a small little team around me, and we are being shut down right, left, and center. I mean, I was on a show just a few weeks ago, and and Alfred uh, Weber, he he wanted to do a live Facebook thing. He just put update with Ola Damago and click entered, and right away there was a big red sign saying, Against Facebook community guidelines or whatever. Oh, wow. You know, so now I'm being shut down. You're marked. Because of, of hate speech, really. Bullying I mean, and hate speech, right. 
Yeah, I challenge, and I've done between 500 and 1,000 interviews, like I mentioned before, find one interview where I'm hateful against anyone. So that just should show anyone that, listen, if they shut down this guy, who seems pretty harmless, what would what does that mean with me? If that if he's like in front line and these guys are gone, what does that mean for me? Let me let me tell you what that is, Oli. That's that's because your name is already entered in some sort of um some some sort of um I'm forgetting the word here. It's 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 escaping me, but basically you are already in their index and your name is already filtered. So automatically the algorithm in any system um, that has basically deemed you inappropriately. All, all they have to do is type in your name in a title and, mm-hmm. and that's it. And you're gone. So the key is, uh, if anyone is ever going to interview you, uh, Oli, <laughs> I would have to suggest that you tell them not to include your name in any title. That's one way to bypass uh, that sort of detection. It, it's what I've realized, uh, mm-hmm. with interviewing people like Jim Fetzer. Yeah. yeah Fetzer, I, I never list his name. Jim. I this, never listed the name. No, it's a very good uh, point you make there because this is one way of getting around these algorithms because it's not that people are sitting there day and night just, oh, my God, he's about to say something. I'll shut him down. It's just like you say, these are algorithms. Right. And a lot of it based on AI that just goes in and boom and filters and shuts That's down. Right. And, and this is, I've even seen like the number of views going down on mm, some of my views. I think that's interesting that suddenly somebody has unseen it. So, you know, and also I remember, uh, I think somebody told me that a year ago, if you search my name, there would be like 2.7 million hits. Not that it was all me, but somehow, you know, sure. now it's, now it's down to seven, it was down to 78,000. And yeah. now after people started pointing it out, it went up to 106, but yet there's a big difference between millions and down to, so it's, there is this that really, really trying to shut things down. And uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. this should be a warning signal to everyone. Because like I say, if it can happen to me, <laughs> who, what about you? That's what right. about your life? Because uh, you're next. You exactly, know? exactly. Once again, Oli, thank you so much for being here. I look forward to speaking to you again in the very near future, my friend. Can I please finish with a prayer? Yes, sir. Go ahead. I'm not religious, but I, okay. I really, really love either. this. Uh, I really love this uh, this uh, prayer. Goes like this: May the entire universe be filled with peace and joy, love and light. May everyone, and especially the ones who hurt us, be filled with peace and joy, love and light. May the light of truth overcome all darkness. So victory to that light. The thing is, we need to he- we need to heal the whole thing. We need to heal uh, or we need to be very aware of how we deal with this situation because I think the end game is very close. I think there's no way that they can pull this one off. I think they are, to say it poetically, they're shitting themselves because it's falling apart because people are popping up like popcorn in the millions. There's so many and this lockdown has really helped people become aware of that there's something very bizarre going on. And thousands of people are reaching out to people like myself saying, oh, my God, what you've been saying all these years are true. Right. I know. So how to deal with it? What are they going to do? There's no way for them to hide. And when you look at it from a bigger point of view, they're in the thousands, the people that are messing with us in the thousands. 
we are billions. And I have this friend of mine who's a, a mathematician. He said, it's like you being on a pretty big sized beach and you pick up one grain of sand, that's them. And the beach is the rest of us. So for us to be in this situation is an absolute joke. But if we do it, if we solve this in a violent way, you know, like chop, 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 the head of these, uh, whatever, whatever they are, it creates a lot of bad karma on ourselves. And when you study history, you will see that history had this very bad habit of repeating itself. So revolution, revolution, it just means going around in the wheel. And very often the people that takes over and chops the head of a former dictator, they turn even worse in a few years because they can't handle having power and so on. So I would say we need to transcend this whole thing in a different way. And I would strongly, strongly recommend the Gandhi way, the Martin Luther King way, that they proved, especially Mahatma Gandhi showed, it can be done without weapons, without armies. It can be done. You're a very wise man, Oli, and I respect you a ton. Thank you so much for being here, Oli. I look forward to the next outing we have here. Me too. All right, my friend. Take care out there. Be safe. You too. All right. Good night, my friend. Good night. Mahalo. And there he goes, boys and girls, the one and only Oli Demigard. As always, thank you kindly for listening. Keep checking back up with us here on Patreon. And of course, MichaelDeacon.com. Keep your hat above water, boys. Stay safe, everyone, no matter where you are on this island Earth. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place. And life itself is a mystery. Until next time, mahalo. Mahalo.